about one more stand. Why is it so inconsistent? Construction's hard. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, this is Brian and Gary. Uh, we're talking about workforce management and construction. Uh, today, we're getting into more of what specifically does workforce management look like in construction. It takes a unique image. It takes a unique uh, shape when we apply it to the nuances of construction. Uh, we're going to go through some introductory definitions, what we see in other industries, what you'll find if you go out and look for workforce management across the world and on the web. We'll go from there into the very specifics of what does it mean for construction? How do we need to consider these different pillars or categories or aspects or portions of workforce management to make it a successful construction business practice? And then we'll get into a little bit more of the common elements or the common ingredients. Workforce management looks different for every contractor. Everyone has different people. They all have different processes that work, and thus workforce management takes on a different form in each and every business that we interact with, but there are some core ingredients. There are trace elements that exist, and we're gonna help identify those so that our listeners can tie them together. If you go out and look up workforce management, we can get all kinds of different definitions. Uh, one of them you'll probably see is the process by which employers strategically allocate people and resources to maximize individual efficiency and effectiveness. Workforce management is about maximizing our individual people. Ultimately, the objective is optimize productivity and maybe reduce some risk. This is prevalent in other industries, and, and it's an odd thing that it has taken so much longer for it to really get identified and established in construction the way that it has this last five to 10 years. Think of, for instance, in medicine, right? We don't just have hundreds or thousands of doctors meandering about aimlessly doing different things, different ways in different hospitals. We have these methods as practices to be able to say, I've got a pulmonary specialist out of Kansas City who I could leverage in New York, something like that. And so we have this way of being able to plan what does the development look like for these different professionals over time and how do we get them in the right place where they're needed most? Uh, same thing in the Army. We don't have hundreds of thousands of soldiers and just reacting to each and every different scenario where we need them in different places. We have them all in one system. We are tracking their trainings, their documents, their, their experiences, et cetera, and we're trying to develop the best possible soldier through intentional experiences and intentional assignments and developing their careers on very intentional trajectories or paths. And this is happening in construction now. And we are finally getting the tools, as we mentioned in our previous segment, we're finally getting the tools that can help us make it more sustainable and more achievable uh, day in and day out. So with that being said, workforce management is out there in these other industries, but Gary and I really want to dive into what does it look like in construction specifically? And what are some of the key pieces of the topic or the concept to pull out? I think to summarize what you just said, Brian, is let's let's bring some discipline to how we manage labor and construction, right? 100%. Let's put some repetitive practices in place. And, and really, I think discipline is a good term when it comes to how fragmented workforce management can be in the construction industry. And it's not like uh, manufacturing where things are repetitive and you're in a controlled environment. Uh, construction industry is very unique and the fact that each project's unique, uh, it's done throughout the world in different climates and different uh, conditions. There are a lot of variables that enter into construction which really doesn't enter into a lot of other uh, companies and 
particularly I like to use manufacturing as an example, but uh, and it all comes back to construction's hard, right? Yep, it is hard. We recognize that, but uh, I would just I would go with discipline. Yeah, let's bring some discipline to what we're doing here with, with labor management. Discipline and being proactive and intentional with how we plan every one of our people across every one of our jobs. That's what we're talking about in construction, right? And specifically when we're in these segments and we're talking about this, we're going to be discussing uh, self-perform MEP in particular focus and, and specifically. So in this workforce management practice, I think the first thing is to, to point out it is a practice. This is a business practice similar and can be viewed and managed the same way as uh, estimating or accounting or our you know design BIM models, etc. There is this practice that you just mentioned. It needs to be consistent, and we need to approach it in a similar fashion and with discipline. We don't let our accountants balance the books on spreadsheets anymore. That's not their sole tool. We have financial tools. Same with estimating. We're not going to commit to these giant jobs and tell our estimators, yep, uh, I don't want you to use the latest and greatest. I want you to go back and use paper drawings and highlighters. You know, th- these things, we've evolved in those areas, and, and we have the ability and the opportunity to do the same thing with workforce management now. So specifically in construction, we have this business practice. It's happening across projects and across the workforce. Workforce management spans the business. We have stakeholders or benefactors of workforce management in accounting uh, from finance to HR and recruiting to our actual operational leaders, but we also have contributors to workforce management in the way of our project stakeholders and our field and office uh, labor managers and coordinators. So we have people in the business contributing to this workforce management practice, but we have benefactors of it across the business. Talk to an HR leader not long ago, and and they mentioned, you know, the biggest thing that they're trying to determine is we know we need people, but when do we actually need these people? There's a benefactor. You know, we don't think of HR professionals when we, you know, are are, are typically talking workforce management, but they're one of the biggest and best benefactors in our champions. And uh, and you've seen it in in, in your company in Westfall. Well, you know, when you're dealing with 50% of your expenses and with the highest risk factor of any expense that you have as a contractor, to think that your processes on the labor management side do not span across your entire company is, is pretty ridiculous. It does span across and affects everyone within the company in every department. This industry has not been afforded the opportunity to have a tool fit to the task until recently. Until recently, workforce management was not a typical uh, tech category in this industry. We didn't have a lot of options. You were stuck with, I mean, how you went from Outlook to spreadsheets, all kinds of different solutions. Oh, whiteboards to spreadsheets to Outlook to combinations of, of, again, you know, being in spreadsheet hell, so to speak, um, until the platform showed up. So the, in, in my experience, we had the processes in place prior to the platform being available. Now the platform's available, makes putting the processes in place simpler. As we do this, as we look at workforce management across the workforce and across the projects, you know, we are talking about trying to coordinate the smooth and intentional transition of people from one job to the next. And that's why it is critical that this is a business practice that we can't, it's not always cafeteria style. We don't do it on just the big jobs. It can't just be on the strategic jobs. Otherwise, we drop the people in between on the small jobs. It has to be a true prescribed approach consistently to every job. 
Gary, you've got this concept of the uh, the big four, or or when it comes to field operations, this big hairy concept and beast. What does that mean? You've got a, a, a nice high high level approach. Well, we're there to support the field. We need to get we need to funnel things into the project for it to be successful, and there are four key areas. It's people. We need labor. We need materials. We need tools and we need information. And if we continue to supply the project with all those needs in a timely fashion, we're going to be successful. But drop one out or do a half-assed job on one and it's gonna cascade through the entire project and that project's gonna have trouble um, succeeding. So they're, they're all equally important. But the most complicated one is the people, is mm -hmm. the labor, right? I mean, getting the, la the material there, there's some processes in place pretty much to guarantee that can happen. The tools, very important. Um, actually, that's tools and equipment. It's hard to install things without tools. Information, obviously, you need information at the highest level that you can get. But the most complicated and the risk, most risky is just the people and the labor. So we've got the big four that we're using to sort of summarize field operations, and we're enabling the field ops with people or labor, materials, tools or key assets, maybe equipment, and information, plans, specs, just the information they need to get the job done to the standard we need it. In those big four, when we talk about people or labor, that's where we're slotting workforce management into when it comes to field ops. Think workforce management is really that people management, that people planning intentionality and people development across projects. So in workforce management now, and we've got some different graphics that can help visualize this, but essentially you can think almost of workforce management as a structure with different pillars. And we are supporting this business practice as the roof, right? And then I have these six different pillars that are basically holding up my, my operation, my field operation, supporting the field. And those six pillars are all resting on a foundation that is the practice, people, process, technology, understanding this has to be happening across every job, sustainability, this foundation. People, process, technology, the practice is my foundation. We have the six different pillars that we're gonna dive into now that support our workforce management operations or our field effectiveness. These six areas of opportunity, forecast, roster, schedule, communications, information, and productivity. These six areas of opportunity are all coinciding. They're symbiotic. They, are, they happen on a job. They may happen in certain orders, but across the company, they're fluid and they're constantly cycling back and forth. And that's what we're trying to stress here. Consider these all related and consider them as symbiotic. If the forecasting pillar is weak or unstable or non-existent, your scheduling and communications pillars are probably going to take a lot of load and begin to crack. If you are doing all these things, but you don't have the right processes or practice in place as a company to make sure they're happening sustainably across every job, pretty soon you're on a foundation of sand and they start to spread and, and they kick out and eventually you're going to have the same, same instability and the same collapse. These things are happening across the business. And so think of your different departments as contributing to these. What if my HR department was helping maintain the roster and the certifications so my project and labor planning stakeholders can leverage those people better? And that's how we get this concept as a whole and, and workforce management spanning the business. And what are we supporting? What are we, what are we contributing to? The All project. We, the project. That's it. Field success right. on the project. Right. And, and if you're consistent across the board, 
you're gonna be a highly successful contractor as a result. And real quick on that success piece, the, a tool, one, one piece of technology doesn't necessarily bring all this together. It can help us visualize all that people and, and labor management and coordination aspects, but it may not also s- handle or solve the materials, tools, and information aspect, but it's one piece of the pie. And when you start to see the pie all together, you can see where there are gaps or slices missing. And again, put it all together, and that's when we have groups that we talk to who are raising their bottom line by whole percentage points. I mean, increasing the entire company profit margins. Um, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, I would say, you know, ask yourself, are you, are you, you playing baseball or are you playing football? Right? Uh, baseball, pretty reactionary sport. The manager sits in the dugout and hopes and prays that the person up the bat gets a hit or the other manager is hoping and praying he strikes him out. And they can control a few things, but a lot of that game is out of the manager's control at any instant of time versus football where when those 11 people come out of that huddle and they line up on the line of scrimmage, they have a plan and they're all on the same page. The likelihood, if they're all on the same page and they all do their job, they're going to be successful. And so the football coach, who in my mind should be the football manager, and vice versa the, the, um, with the coach and the manager in baseball, he's managing that job at a very high level. He's got people below him managing certain aspects of each play, offensive and defensive coordinator. So, you know, there's a, there's a very high level of planning. And so as a contractor, I would I would – ask myself from time to time, are we playing football here or are we playing baseball? And a hope and a prayer isn't a plan. So it's a, it's a pretty good way of looking at it, and it's, a, and it's a pretty good barometer as to where you're at and, and places and areas that you can improve. We're talking about knowing what is the crew mix, when exactly should every person be coming and going from this job, and then eventually having it by name to our specific workers. So when things change, when change orders, compression, everything arise, we have something to go off of. So next we're gonna jump into each of the workforce management pillars, all six with just a brief summary, high level definition, a little bit of how we like to visualize or think of it. Later segments, we will go in depth. We will go into different workflows of what goes well, what we've seen go poorly, different ways to visualize and different tips and tricks. But for now, we're just gonna go through each one and give a high level idea. Uh, First one, forecast or forecasting, right? This is the concept of the way we define it, identifying needs for personnel on current or future jobs or pursuits. How do I identify where we are committed or going to need more people, maybe on an existing job, I need a couple more uh, apprentices over here, or I have an entire future job or pursuit where I need to plan what will the load of that commitment be on my workforce at that time. We define forecasting and we, we cut it there, the needs, identifying the needs. And there's a lot of contractors, this is a key one to define. There's a lot of contractors, everybody says, I want forecasting, we wanna forecast better. What does that mean? Right? And they haven't really defined it internally. It's, well, we know we're gonna need 20 people. Is it 20 people? Is it 10 journeymen and five apprentices? And you know, it's being able to specify the needs, what type and when. That's how we define forecasting. Anything I missed? No. All right, next one. I wanna go into just roster. Roster or the act of rostering, meaning we have a complete and maintained workup or list of our workforce. Uh, all of our people, what makes them unique? Uh, what do we need to know to best utilize them or maybe to best develop them? I have a good friend, Chris, who 
Uh, he uses workforce management to gain his apprentices different intentional experiences. Rostering, being able to consolidate the information that makes our people unique, but from an operations perspective, certifications, trainings, experiences, what does operations care about of how to best utilize and develop our people? Get that in one list that's accessible to the operational leaders when they need it most. A lot of times that's locked away in HR. Next pillar, schedule. We define forecasting as identifying the need. So now schedule or scheduling is how we actually consider the individual current availability, future availability, and how do I find not just who's available, but who's the best fit? How do I go through the process of identifying my applicable workers? Are they available? Are they qualified? Can they go on site? Or can I intentionally put somebody to that assignment, fill that need to develop them better? That's how we define scheduling itself. Individual assignments, individual true named allocations of our people. Communications. Next pillar with communications. Think of think of this, because we also have information as another pillar, and these are these are actually quite different. Communications we define as the active alerting or the active pushing of information to specific individuals. So think about a dispatch, right? We're sharing certain information in that dispatch, but the communication aspect is I actually have to contact that person that we're going to go from project A to project B, I need to alert or actively ping, tap on the shoulder, the project stakeholders on project B to uh, uh, communicate with them. This person is going to be showing up. I need to communicate or actively alert the people on project A that they're going to lose that person. And so these communications go to different stakeholders as well as different recipients. But again, it is that active reminding or active transfer of information. Is this in text messages? Is this in emails? Is this in, maybe it's in phone calls and sticky notes if you're using job boards and and you don't have a tool in place. That's okay. This takes different forms. But that is the active communication or pushing of information to different people. You know, it's kind of cool, actually. There's a whole other layer to it of reminders. Reminding your project stakeholders that, yes, we're planning on you losing these three people because on in three weeks, these three people are going to go to job B and we got to stay on track there. So reminders are another form of communications. Next pillar, the information pillar. Do the appropriate people have timely access to the appropriate information? In other words, do our people have access to the controlled transparency? Can they see the right thing? Can they influence and update the right things? And is it in real time? Not is it the latest spreadsheet from the latest labor meeting? Is it in real time? And when they, when they update their piece of the pie, is, it, is everyone seeing the same thing? As and I think going along with the information is project plans, specifications, change orders, RFIs. It all falls into that bucket, any form of communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, communication in different forms. If you're going to be highly efficient, you're going to define what communications, what kind of uh, plans and levels of detail you're going to go through and give some thought as to who is going to be responsible for the layout and to what the end product will be, the deliverable will be from maybe the detailing department. So information, this, this is an important one and it covers a lot of different aspects of the job. Communication is how we push that information. Information is, is the appropriate data and information available to the right people at the right time. Productivity, our last pillar, pillar six, productivity. What is actually happening? Are we on track? Are we ahead? Are we behind? Uh, this is where earned value analysis comes into play. Uh, I'll, I'll turn that over to For the you. first time, earned value comes up. Look uh, at that. We're going to be talking about this a lot uh-huh. in, in the future, but uh, earned value ties right back into forecasting. 
And uh, earned value is, is a topic all in and of itself. Uh, it is a measure of productivity, and that measure of productivity then should be turned back into um, a look at your forecasting, and forecasting and earned value now have to be in sync in order for a, a project to be successful and prevent a lot of margin fade. So this is, this is a unique topic all in and of itself that we'll talk about in the, in the near future. And a great way to exemplify this concept of workforce management, these pillars, they are not step-by-steps. They are symbiotic. They're, they cycle in and out. And that earned value, it ties right back into how we update the forecast, forecasted plan, how we update our schedules, and how we prepare for the next job. And that's the six pillars of workforce management. So uh, in this segment, again, we talked, we, we spoke briefly about how workforce management is in other industries. It is prevalent in other industries. There are tools and software platforms that have been out there for decades now in other industries. Construction just has these different factors to manage uh, between our labor source, whether it's union, non-union, uh, whether we're talking about different site requirements, safety and training requirements, uh, how we manage job to job and how we have to balance that in a self-perform aspect. Workforce management takes on a very specific light. And what Gary and I would like to do is help identify specifically in construction. There are areas of opportunity in forecasts, roster, communications, schedules, information, productivity, and all of these things tie together. It's not about looking at one individual. It's about how they relate and how the concept comes together as a whole. And never forget that all these pillars, this field operations, roof, all this structure is being supported on a foundation of a true business practice, something that is sustainable, that the company is, is enabling and supporting and mandating on every job, every time. And just remember, construction's hard. Thank you again for for hearing Gary and I out, and we appreciate any of the time. If you're ever interested or want to learn more, uh, we have longer versions of these talks available. Uh, You can reach out to Rivet and and speak with Gary and I. Uh, We're just happy to interact with anybody we can about workforce management. With that, we'll be in tune here in the next few weeks with uh, our next topics on how to break down that business practice. We are here to talk about workforce management. Why is it so inconsistent? Construction is hard.